But I really believe in God just confirming scripture and the dance. And then my wife sent me a thing to listen to. And when I listened to that, I didn't know she had snuck into my office and she was sitting there having something to eat without giving me anything. But anyway, she was sitting there eating. And I suddenly turned and saw her. But uh, I was sitting in my office just in tears. I was just crying. I felt the Holy Spirit so strong. And, and I turned to her. I said, I can't believe this. I said, God confirmed the, the music for the dancing. Jan on Monday already confirmed the scripture. And this teaching you've sent me is confirming that same scripture again. So I believe God's got a message for us this morning. Amen. And uh, I, I want you to receive it. And if it gets a bit radical, uh, just bear with me. Who loves Jesus? Woo! <laughs> yes. You see, I want to turn to Luke. First of all, Luke 19. Not Luke, Luke. Yeah, you speak to some people and you say, Look, I say, I'm looking. <laughs> but it's L U K E, look, not lucky, look. Okay. And this is amazing scripture, Luke 19, and um, I'm going to read from verse 37. And this is Jesus coming into Jerusalem. And it says, Then as he was drawing near, the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole, I want you to say the whole multitude. The whole multitude, now there was multitudes there of disciples, began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice. Who's going to praise God with a loud voice right now? Come on. Whoa! <laughs> you see, I want to tell you, to praise God with a loud voice is very scriptural. And if you like my sedate, quiet wife, and she's like that. She's fine like that until I upset her. <laughs> then suddenly something in the brain goes. <laughs> anyway, she's a quiet, gentle person. Oh, I love you, sweetie. <laughs> um, and um, you, you see, even if you're a quiet, gentle person, there should be a rejoicing inside of you. There should be an enthusiasm about Jesus. Amen. There should be something inside wanting to burst out for Jesus. And, and it goes on to say, with a loud voice, for all the mighty works I had seen. Now, I want to stop there for a minute. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I said we went to pray for Kat's mom and um, prayed for cancer in the stomach. And that night, when she, uh, this is in Benoni? So miracles even happen in Benoni. And, uh, and that night when she went to the bathroom, a whole lot of stuff just came out. And she's had no more pain. And you know, when I say that, when you have miracles, people are like, oh, nice. God delivered someone from cancer. Isn't that something to get excited about? Amen. <laughs> Woo. And, and so, yeah, they're praising God for his mighty works. All right. And saying, well, let, let's go to verse 39. And some of the Pharisees caught him from the crowd. Teacher. Rebuke your disciples. In other words, tell them to shut up. But Jesus answered and said to them, I tell you that if these should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. Something tells me something there. That if we are silent in our praise, something else is going to have to give God praise. And I don't know about you, I don't want to see stones praising God when I should be. Amen. 
And, 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 and he, this, is, this is huge what he's saying here. And I, I don't want to dwell too much on it this morning, but it's, it's just huge. And, and, and then he goes on in verse 41. And then as Jesus drew near, he saw the city and wept over it. So he's going from loud rejoicing. Jesus sees the city of Jerusalem. Now remember, Jerusalem means peace. He sees Jerusalem, which should be peace, and he weeps. Sure, and these words have always struck me right there. If you had known, even you, especially in this your day, because he was there, the things that make for your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. For days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you, surround you, and close you in on every side, and level you and your children within you to the ground, and they will not leave in you one stone upon another. And in Israel, we've seen that happen. Because when the Lord speaks a word, it stands. And then he says these words, because you did not know the time of your visitation. Wow. And I just wonder, do we really know the time of God's visitation here right now? Are we going to miss it like they did? How many of us know that God wants Rustenburg saved? And I'm not saying that all in our church, every church is a blessing. I pray for every single church in the city. But how many of you know that God wants to be exalted in the city? He wants to be exalted in the gyms and the malls and the, the cafes and everywhere you go. And I'm saying, church, we cannot miss the time that Jesus has for us. And I really feel in my heart that this year it is the time, flying with our vision, to equip you, to empower you, to release you so that you can engage and you can bring in the harvest. We cannot miss the times that Jesus brings. And I want to be honest, I have missed some of those times, and I'm sure some of you have, where the Lord has clearly said, this is time to do this or go do that, and we haven't done it. I believe Jesus still weeps over that because it's like, what are my children doing? How can they miss this? Now, I'm going to come back to that just now. But now I want to turn to the scripture that was confirmed by so many people, and that is in two kings. <clears throat> and you heard Jan give the account anyway. And from verse 13, and here we see that Elisha, the great man of God, the great prophet, had become sick. He's old, and, 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 and he was eventually going to die. And Joash, the king of Israel, came down to him and wept over his face. Now, 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 I want you to get this. Joash comes and weeps over the prophet. And what does he say? He says, oh, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and their horsemen. In other words, what's going to happen to us? The armies are coming up against us. You're dying. What's going to happen? So there's, there, there's, there's something in Joseph's heart saying, we need you, Elisha, to do something. Amen? Well, And Elisha said to him, Elisha must probably got out of his sick bed and looked at him, and he says, take a bow and some arrows. So he took himself some bow and some arrows. Then he said to the king of Israel, put your hand on the bow. bow, bow. So he put his hand on it. And Elisha put his hands on the king's hand. So Elisha's anointings come in on that. He says, now shoot that arrow. And so he does. He shoots the arrow. <laughs> And he said, out the east window. 
And Elisha said, shoot, and he shot. And he said, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance. Now, not the arrow of the Lord's deliverance. And the arrow of deliverance from Syria for you must strike the Assyrians till you have destroyed them. And then he says something amazing. And you know, I believe in prophetic action. You've got to listen to me. And then he said to the king of Israel, strike the ground. Say strike. He said, strike the ground. So he struck it three times and stopped. So Jairus uh, took the things and he went one, two, three. <laughs> and Elisha, this man of God, gets mad at him. This man of God, this prophet of God, he gets angry. <laughs> it says that he was angry with him and he said, you should have struck five or six times. Then you would have struck Syria till you had destroyed it. But now... You will strike Syria only three times. <laughs> and Elisha died. I just want to give you something about the anointing on Elisha. And uh, the raiding bands from Moab invaded the land in the spring of the year. So it was that they were burying a man. That suddenly they spied a band of raiders. And they put the man in the tomb of Elisha. And when the man was let down and touched the bones of Elisha, he revived and stood on his feet. Hallelujah! He has a man of God, so anointed by God, he's dead, and they throw a dead man in, and he comes alive. Come on! Do you know that anointing's on us? Yeah, come on, give him praise! <laughs> Do you know that anointing's on you? I wonder if someone touches your bones, whether it's dry bones, then bones. Elisha said, you took his arrows. <laughs> Can I tell you, church, you've got to listen to me. And I've been through the desert. I've been through dry. So I'm, I'm not a preacher who's standing there saying, I've had it all and I've done it all right. I've done it wrong. I've had dry experiences, desert, but I know why. Because I lacked enthusiasm for God. You see, he said, take those things. And man, you should have, you, you know, in other words, you should have taken those things and whacked and whacked because a man of God brought him a word and told him what to do and you should have smacked and smacked and you would have destroyed Syria some of you are not praising God enough some of you have lost your enthusiasm for Jesus some of you have lost your first love for Jesus and you're wondering why you're losing the battle because you forgot to give him praise come on, give him praise I know you might not be used to this service even our people but you know what hey, we need breakthrough now, like I say, some people can be enthusiastic quietly. I can't. That's why the Lord gave me the wife I have. Balance. But Elisha says, what a foolish man you are. You see, when God gives you direction, what do you do with it? Huh? You don't take it and tap the ground unenthusiastically. How many of you have received promises from God? How many of you have had a word in your life from God? What have you done with it? <laughs> you see, you think, ah, oh, really, did God tell me to eat that? You're, okay. <laughs> now listen, if God tells you to do something, do it with enthusiasm. Do it passionately. And if you can't, then I wonder if you really love God. Because when you love God and God says something to you, you do it passionately. Amen? And you see, we, we, 
We've lost the passion. I said to someone a few weeks ago, even before I prepared the service, they're going through a problem. And I said, you know, our problem is we've forgotten to praise the Lord and rejoice. Amen. Woo! How many of you are saved here? How many of you redeemed? How many of you have been delivered? How many of you have been healed? When last have you given God a praise for that? Some of you are saying, I can't look now, Daddy, cake. Do this all right, that's on the cake. You see, when God gives you a word, Elisha said you should have beat those arrows, and Elisha gets back in bed and dies. And you know what happens? The enemies come and do just what Elisha said. Wipe them out. But if you beat those arrows, I, I, I don't know about you. <laughs> But if God's spoken to you or given you a word, how often do you get up and want to run and dance and shout and praise God and say, God, that's a word from you. And I'm going to praise you for it. I'm going to be the assistant pastor. I'm going to take this place. I'm going to be the evangelist because you spoke it into my life. Amen. Huh. And I'll share a personal testimony about that. See, many, many years ago, the Lord, we many years ago, I said to my wife, that's it, we're out the ministry. Some of you know the story. I said, we'd been so shredded by people we'd walked with. Shredded, clawed, felt like nothing. And we go to a meeting in Mafeking. And the man I've never seen or never met, who knows nothing about that from Clarkstock, comes up to me in worship. I wasn't even worshiping God. Who knows, sometimes when you're going through a battle, you stop worshiping. Hello? Or am I the only one? That's your problem. And so this man comes up to me like he knew what was happening. And he says, I want to tell you there's been a lying fork tongue against you in Rustenburg. And he says exactly what these people did. And I thought, fine, at the end of it, I'd already said to my wife, we're packing up, going to Fishhook. I'll sell peanuts in Fishhook, but I'm going. I'm always going to Fishhook. Don't ask me why I love Fishhook. And I don't fish. And I didn't want to hear that. But he said this to me. But God will vindicate. I want to tell you, church, you need to praise God when you're going through things like that. Because God vindicates for you. And you know how God, this man said, just let it go and I will vindicate. You know how God vindicated? That man, before he left, he actually had to leave this country under some circumstances. And before he left, he wanted to say goodbye to me. And have you ever seen your enemies invite you for lunch and then you still got to pay for it? So I said, well, Lord, I've got to bless my enemy. <laughs> and you know what? I stood next to that man, right next to that man I'd helped out from literally the dung into his own business and flying with the Lord, him and his family, who had shredded us. And I stood next to him in a home affairs, and there was a lady who worked in home affairs. She was quite a big lady, always dyed black hair and red lips. But boy, she worked. And she looked at him and she said, Manier, never mind his sooner. You were not registered. You were illegal business. You And she's stamping stuff. But like I thought she was going to go through the counter. She says, you will never be allowed in this country again to be a resident, only a visitor. Can't, can't, can't. God vindicated with me standing next to him. Can I tell you what? Stop trying to fight your battles. Praise God in the battle. 
Rejoice in the battle. Some of you are down and discouraged because you're fighting battles. Stop it. Praise him. Get enthusiastic about him. Get hold of the promises he's given you. Get hold of that word he's given you. Amen? Amen? (laughs) When we miss being passionate and enthusiastic about God, tells us we pay a high price. That King Joaz did it and the high price was the enemy came and destroyed them. You see, we need to take seriously what God has given us. (laughs) Sometimes we come to church and we think it's just another service. So I'll just sit here because I'm a Christian. No service is just a service. God's always got something for you. Amen. God's always got something for you. And, and are, you, are, you, are, you, are you waiting, listening, and getting that word to get what you need from God so you can go out and praise him for it? Or is it just another service? I wonder how some people go to church. You know what? Uh, 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 the person who used to de- deal with our kids now lives in New Zealand. One day she came to me. She said, I went to visit these kids who are always at church. And I said to them, why have you stopped coming? And the little boy said, well... My mom and dad were never enthusiastic about coming to church. So we said, oh, okay, if you are, let's get ready. Let's go to church. How do you come to church? Ha, I'm going to the house of the Lord. David said, I rejoice greatly when they said to me, we're going to the house of the Lord. How do you come to the house of the Lord in the morning? Okay, well, let's see what he's got to say. Let's listen to what they're going to say. No, 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 no. Are you expectant? Are you excited? Do you believe the Holy Spirit's going to give you something? You see, God doesn't want us just to go through the motions. Amen? doesn't want us just to get up and sit in church and say, okay, this, that, the next thing. Okay? <laughs> He's really saying to Joaz, you should have come alive when you had that word of God. You should have gone crazy. You should have taken those things and beat them with zeal and with passion, knowing it's a word from God, and God's going to do something when I react in passion. How many times does God give us a word, and we just, oh, okay. Thank you, Lord. Praise you. And then you wonder why nothing's happening. Hmm? <sighs> and Elisha is saying to him, I was speaking to you about your future in life, and you treated it casually. With very little enthusiasm, and you lost badly where God could have given you the victory. Some of us are not getting the victory because we're no longer rejoicing. Come on, you're not praising God anymore. Amen. Not praising him with a passion. He's my God. He's my deliverer. He said, if you know what God saved me from, I am passionate about my God because he delivered me out of the pit of hell, out of darkness, and I'm in his light. Hallelujah. Come on, can we give him a praise for that? <laughs> you see, sometimes we're not gripped by what we heard. He's saying, you didn't tremble at my word. You didn't react with zeal. It didn't interest you. Maybe Joseph thought, well, that's not the word I wanted to hear. How many times have you said in church, well, I didn't want to hear that word today. Because <laughs> you didn't come in expectant. Hmm. Every time a pregnant woman looks at her tummy, she's expectant of her baby popping out. 
We come to church and say, oh, nog een dag. Amen. Let me tell you, if you respond correctly, you'll get more than you could ever dream of. God will bless you. And I'll tell you what, maybe some of you are weary this morning. Maybe some of you have been broken and you hurt this morning. And I want to tell you, from someone who will be 73 next month and has been born again since 24, that the times where you get weary and you feel broken and you don't praise the Lord, the enemy gets in deeper and deeper into your life. Hello. <laughs> I realized that at one stage I used to wait till my wife and kids were asleep as they sleep well. And then I'd run around the house praising the Lord. I even knocked myself out on one of the door beams once. But God started to do something in my life. Amen? <laughs> you see, we don't ever give up when we are Christians. We don't ever get weary when we're Christians. We keep pressing in. We keep praising. We keep trusting Him. Amen? You, you see, listen, if you want to get something from church, you better come to church so excited your clothes hardly stay on. Serious. Yahoo! I'm going to church. Kids, come on. We're going to church. It's going to be great. Worship. We're going to worship God together. It's going to be a word for God by the time your kids come in here. They, woohoo! Amen! Huh? Oh, let's go to church this morning. Yeah, well, we'll get up in the hour's time, just in time. Let's get, you get nothing, man. Peter's preaching a bit directly this morning, ain't he? Still got three hours. I'm joking. You see, in Revelation 3.16, God says you're neither hot nor cold. I wish you were one or the other. But when you're lukewarm, I want to spit you out of my mouth. That's Jesus. Jesus doesn't like lukewarm people. Come on, get up and give him a praise. Jump and shout. Come on, do something this morning. Come on, whoa. Come on, give him a jump and a shout. Yes, Lord. Woo. Yes, Lord. Come on. Woo. I think I must take some of you men to my house and give you classes. Men, do this. Can I see? Can you do that? Yes, you can, some of you. Come on, now give him another praise shout. Whoa! Turn to someone and give them a high five and say, I'm blessed. You may be seated. Who knows David was a man after God's own heart? <laughs> Can I tell you something? Men. Wait, we've got our men's meetings coming up and we've got to read it. We've got our ladies' meetings coming up. And we're going to have men coming together. And the ladies are going to come together once a month. Us men are going to come together for discuss men's thing. The one thing I'm going to pray for, that the Spirit touches the men so much that they'll start dancing. Woo! Come on! Amen. Me, I'm a man. David danced before the Lord. <laughs> this is the year. You know why he danced before the Lord? Because God's presence was coming back to Jerusalem. 
How often do you get excited and dance before the Lord because you're coming into his presence? We become so religious. I'm getting into God's presence now. Dogs mustn't bark. Cats mustn't mow. The neighbor mustn't fight with his wife. (laughs) Because I'm now coming into the... That's from the pit of hell, man. I'm coming into the presence of the Holy One. Amen. (laughs) I should be excited in the morning when I open my Bible. I'm going to read the Word of God. Hallelujah. Amen. (laughs) David. Anybody want to go home yet? You're welcome. You'll just miss your chocolates and your cupcakes. Because for Valentine's Day, we didn't buy you little hot chocolate. We got you nice cupcakes with icing and hearts. So you can have with your coffee this morning. And if you leave early, I'll have yours. <laughs> but in 2 Samuel chapter 6, whoa, this is the ark coming back to Jerusalem. Verse 12. Now it was told King David, the Lord had blessed the house of Obed-Edom. That's where the ark had stayed. And all that belongs to him was the ark of God. Listen, let me tell you something about the Old Testament. In case you don't know, wherever the ark went, God gave them victory. He blessed them. They prospered them. Their crops were good. Everything went well. You know what? We come into the presence of God like we're we, 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 we battling through a wall or something. The Word says we can boldly come into His presence. Through Jesus. And and David knew this. He knew where the ark was. There was victory. Crops flourished. Everything happened. Hmm. And so David brings it to the city of David with gladness. Will you say gladness? Didn't. Here comes the ark. Stoltekek. Stoltekek. Here comes. No, no. He brought it with gladness. He rejoiced that the presence of God was there. Amen. And so it was. When those being of the ark of the Lord had gone six paces, he sacrificed oxen and fatted sheep. Oh, no. Look at the next verse. Then David danced before the Lord with all his might. Oh, you know, I'm a man. I'm a Buddha himself. A braai. And it's a bull supporter. <laughs> well, bull supporters, when last did you kill a lion and a bear? When last did you slay a giant, Goliath? That was David. He was a warrior. He was a mighty man. He slew the, he said, hey, hey, you see this lion here by my fireplace? Whoa, whoa me, mwah. But he danced before the Lord. I'd love to take a picture of some of your men's faces. <laughs> I mean, I've got to dance. <laughs> so what does David do? One, two, three, four, five, six. Stop! We're going to build the altar. We're going to sacrifice to the Lord. And we're going to dance wildly before Him and rejoice with the ox coming back to Jerusalem. Amen. 
And then they do another six steps. They say, whoa, we've got to have church again. Some of you think I preach so long and the worship so long. You ain't seen nothing yet. But in the Spirit of God, it says we'll worship all morning. Because God's, God is going to reestablish in these days the temple of David, not Moses. And the temple of David is where they could worship 24-7. And anybody could go in. Hmm. Are you getting this picture? And he danced with all his might. So they brought the ark up with shouting and the sound of trumpet. Now the ark of the Lord came into the city of David. Michael, Saul's daughter, this is now David's wife, looked through a window and saw King David leaping. Now listen, his dancing was leaping and whirling. Hello, men. Next men's meeting. You're all going to be there, no? He was so enthusiastic, so passionate about the presence of the Lord that he was leaping and whirling. And da- when last have you come in before the God and just wanted to, to dance? I remember an old lady in our church in Joburg used to give a lift onto Oliver. Man, the Lord used her. And one day uh, her door was a bit open. We went to fetch her and she didn't come out. So I pushed the door open. He has this elderly lady. Very matron lady. Oh, Lord, I bless you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. And she's dancing before the Lord. I didn't want to stop her. I wanted to join her. But we had to go to church. We had to be there on time. When last have you got so excited about God's presence like David? That's why perhaps you haven't got what you should be having. Amen? And you know what? And she despised him in her heart. Sure. And let's go down to verse 20, isn't it? Then David returned to bless his household. Michael, the daughter of Saul, came to meet David and said, Listen to the sarcasm. How glorious was the king of Israel today. In other words, you're the king, you're the ruler. God's made you king of this place. Uncovering himself, your clothes are off. In the eyes of the maids and servants is one of the base fellows. That means the, the yucky characters. Shamelessly uncovers himself. And listen to David's reply. It was before the Lord. It was before the Lord, not people. He wasn't wanting people's favor. It was before the Lord who chose me instead of your father. And all these house to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord of Israel. Now listen, 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 listen. Therefore I will play music before the Lord. And I will be even more undignified like this. He was saying, wifey, you ain't seen nothing yet. When I get back down there, I will humble myself and I'll become more undignified for Jesus. You know what our problem is? In church we want to be too right. Sit this way, must look this way, must... Amen. Mm-mm. Undignified means you'll come up in worship and you'll, you'll do cartwheels. And then some of the Pharisees will say, <gasps> How can they do that in church? Because God made them to do it. Hmm? Don't look at me like that. You could be the first one. He says, I'll humble myself in the, in the own sight. 
But as for the maidservants who you've spoken by, then I'll be holding this esteem. And I want to tell you something before we go to the next verse. If you are a person like my precious wife who is reserved, but inside there's a joy, that's fine. But then don't despise the one who's jumping and praising the Lord. Because you know what? When you praise God like that, it blesses his heart. Hmm? And because his wife despised him, God got so angry because he has a man rejoicing over my presence. He has a man dancing because my presence has come in. And you spoke against him. And you know what happened to his wife? Put the next verse up. Therefore Michael, the daughter of Saul, had no children to the day of her death. God said, you will not bear any children. Would you despise the one who worshipped me and prayed? Do you see how important that is to God then? Hmm? Get the band to play some lively music. You're going to come up here. You're looking. Don't ask me. I, I, I want you to get the seriousness of this. It's the religious people who said, tell your disciples to be quiet. It's Micah. She, she, she was from the house of Saul, and she was uh, uh, you know, married to the king. And so she had appearances, and she had to look right, and she had to do everything right. Let me tell you, etiquette is good, and I believe in it, and so is excellence. But when it comes to God, sometimes it's got to go out the window. Are you with me? <laughs> she could never have children. Does that explain to you the importance? Hmm? Who of you come across people in the church who are theologians and they've read the whole Bible a thousand times, they can tell it to you in Greek and Hebrew hmm? and they can write an amplified Bible themselves but when it comes to praise how can you do that before the Lord? I remember the first time as a young man when I went to a service and people were clapping and jumping and, and I was standing thinking, how dare they? I was one of those religious Pharisees, you see. That's why they said, you see. And the old lady turned around. She said, young man, you should be praising the Lord. And she took my hands and started to leave me alone. But when I went home and sought the scriptures, and when I went home and got on my knees before God, suddenly I realized I need to rejoice and praise him if I love him. If I want to thank him for what he's done for me. You see, those who've got all the knowledge and all the Hebrew and the Greek and the whatever else, they should know more than you and I that they need to praise the Lord with enthusiasm. You and I, you know what I love about me? I just know I'm washed by the blood of Jesus. I've been saved. My sin is gone. I'm redeemed. My name's written in the Lamb's book of life. And I can do all things through Christ. Come on, give God a praise. Amen. (laughs) I'm going to close now now. 
Your cupcakes are in the fridge. Don't worry. I, I, I want to share, as I prepare this, two very real things that the Lord spoke to me. I'm not telling you what I told him. I'm talking about many years ago. We were still looking for a place for worship. And Loft Park Church here, and Pastor Lopez and I were good friends, and his son down in Zendland Street was using the top of a building for their youth. And so he came to me and he said, Andre, you can use that for Sunday services. We don't use it. I said, great. And my wife will remember this, and maybe and Kirsty was with us then as well. I'm not sure who else. And that morning the, la- the Lord laid on my heart, and I ministered on joyful praising. <laughs> that apparently some people asked them afterwards what happened upstairs in that church on Sunday they were so loud we praised for how long I don't know we praised and praised and praised yeah thank you and um we started, I said, come on, give God, if you want breakthrough, if you want chains to be broken, we need a praise. And we praised, and we praised, and we shouted, and we glorified God. And some of the guys were twirling around and everything. And I want to tell you what happened after that. We had an elderly couple in our church, um, um, Willie and Tony Anna. They'd lost their daughter in cancer. Their son-in-law had been killed in a car crash, and they were taking care of their granddaughter. I'm talking about many, many years ago. So in today's terms... Most probably, relatively, they most probably had to pay the medical off something like 30,000 rand in today's value. And I said, if you're going to need your own breakthrough, you want something changed, praise the Lord. Here were these two old people really praising God and rejoicing, shouting, shouting, the walls were... Can I tell you what happened after that morning? Someone who had depression, the depression was broken. Can I tell you something? Someone who thought of committing suicide... That spirit left. And can I tell you something else? On the Tuesday, Tani Anna phoned us. And she said, Pastor, yes, I said, what happened? She said, the medical aid phoned me this morning. They just said, look, we've looked at your case. We canceling your debt. Come on, give God praise. Now you want to tell me praise doesn't work. Woo! And then we had a catch the fire conference in the city hall, the, the civic center, whatever. And I tell you what, we had it the Friday night and the Saturday night and the Sunday. And we had an amazing choir, so enthusiastic. Man, that choir, they just went it, you know, loved them. Some people say, I don't like choirs. Well, they're choirs in heaven and we pray your kingdom come, so we'll have choirs here. Sing choirs of angels. Okay, that's Christmas. But anyway, do you know what we saw at that conference? We saw a man, and how long ago was that? 15 years ago, perhaps? At least. We saw a man who today is still totally healed, who had such back problems, and he was a mechanic. He couldn't bend over the cars. And I'll tell you what, he fell like a plank when we prayed for him, like this. I, I've seen two people, one a lady and one him, just go, 
and he was out in the spirit. He got up totally healed. 15 years later, he's still healed. We saw a lady come up for prayer who couldn't see out one eye and the other vision was bad. And I said to the person ministering to me, I think the Lord wants us to do something. And I said to her, do you mind if we just, if you close your eyes, let me just put a bit of saliva on your eyelids. She said, no, go for it. And after we prayed for her, <laughs> I said, how's your good eye? She said, ah, oh, it's great. I said, the other eye. She said, the other eye couldn't see. She's better than the other eye. Come on, give God praise. <laughs> we, 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 we saw a young lady batting with a certain issue. Totally delivered that night. The demon's gone. We saw miracles. As I prepared this, I said, Lord, we had those things. Why did they stop? He said, I never stopped them. People did. But we can't do this every Sunday, you know. <laughs> so, you know, I think we should get in for, And then you look at all the other churches and you think, okay, maybe we should do this and we should only have a service. Now, now I'm running very radically over time, but may the Lord bless you. Because I don't often do this. When I do something, I do it well. Look at the wife I chose. And, and, and you know what cuts in my heart? The Holy Spirit that we welcome there doesn't stop. But people stop Him. Because we don't come enthusiastically and passionately to the Word of God. We don't worship enthusiastically and passionately. Is anybody hearing me this morning? Yes. Who of you want a breakthrough? Yes. Okay. Even in your brokenness, never let your praise become dull. Never. You might be breaking. You don't praise Him for the breaking. You praise Him for who He is. Because He heals the brokenhearted. He sets the captive free. Amen. That's His word. <laughs> who was in prison? Paul and Silas are in prison. I always say if some of us got into prison, we'd be, oh, yama, yanis, they beat me, and I'm sore, and I'm cold. Lord, why have you done this to me? You know what they were doing? They were singing praises so loud that the whole jail heard them. Do your neighbors hear you? Just, just a thought. Do they even know you love Jesus? <laughs> And they praised the Lord so, so that it says in Acts that there was an earthquake. God just said, hey, hey, those are my boys. And the boom, jails popped open. And they were free. How many of you are in a prison sort of thing and you want those walls to go this morning? How many of you are, are, are in a form of brokenness and you need freedom? How many of you just need to be released from something? Who of you are weary but still passionate enough to praise him? Anybody here? You're weary, but you still want to praise Him. Huh? So I'm going to ask you to do. You don't have to if you don't want to. If you don't come up, I'll give you half a cupcake. No, I'm joking. <laughs> if you have lost the joy, if you've lost the joy of your first love, if you've broken and you've stopped praising Him, if you're weary and you, you've lost that passion for what Jesus can do, or if you just need a breakthrough, then I'm going to ask you to stand and come to the front right now, and we're going to do something. We're going to come, just come.
Just one word You calm the storm that surrounds